I'm Damian Willis, and this is The Reporter's Notebook from the Las Cruces Sun News, a podcast in which we attempt to pull back the curtain on our reporting process while diving deeper into some of the biggest stories of the week. This week, we're joined by Representative Nathan Small, a Democrat from Las Cruces who serves as chair of the House Appropriations and Finance Committee. He also serves as vice chair for the Legislative Finance Committee. David Abbey, the director of the Budget and Accountability Office for the New Mexico Legislature, announced in March he would be retiring from the agency he led for 25 years. Through a historic recession, a collapse in the oil economy, the COVID-19 pandemic, and a new and unprecedented financial windfall. Abby will leave the Legislative Finance Committee this summer. He guided the office through the tenure of four governors, earning recognition for ensuring state government solvency in the aftermath of the 2007-09 Great Recession and many other challenges. New Mexico is one of about five states where the legislature prepares its own budget plan, independent of the executive branch. Now, the search for Abby's replacement begins. We'll talk to Representative Small about what that'll look like, what the LFC will be looking for in its new leader, and why the role is so important. I'm grateful to have Chairman Small joining us this week. First, Chairman Small, thank you for your time today. Absolutely, Damien. I really appreciate uh, your interest and um, really, really exciting and important things to visit about. So great to take time. Yeah. And even better to be, you know, we're in the, we're over 95 down here in Cruces. So things are finally starting to warm up. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, Let's just start about talking about the vacancy that Director David Abbey is going to leave. Yeah. You know, the... You can measure things, of course, in so many ways. Director Abbey leaves an incredible legacy, one in where uh, I think his service to our state, which I deeply and personally appreciate, uh, is really um, just an incredible uh, testament to his character, to his creativity, to his curiosity, and to his commitment to the state of New Mexico. Uh, As he steps away 25 years or so after he first uh, took up this important position, we are a state that is in fiscally very strong health, able to invest for today, able to save for tomorrow uh, with a team that uh, he and others have built there at the Legislative Finance Committee that is really second to none. So um, it it is those are shoes you know, that, that somebody won't uh, replace in the sense that, that every sort of single feature. uh, But on the other hand, there, there's new opportunities, new areas for growth, for evolution, new needs for our state. So that's why we're so excited. um, uh, One to just celebrate David Abbey's legacy and two to very, um, you know, sort of full of pride and a sense that New Mexico is the place to be to to go out there with this job posting now. This person basically, and I think it's really important that uh, our our listeners understand this. 
This person basically oversees every penny in the state's coffers, right? In ways, yes. Uh, of course, this person also and the entirety of the LFC work for the New Mexico legislature. Uh, and that's, um, of course, very important. You know, those are it's our elected uh, representatives in the state who, of course, take these decisions. But and, and appropriate you're right, the LS, appropriate, and appropriate that money. That's right. And, and provide oversight and build policy across the board. But the LSC director, you know, New Mexico is unique. We're among a handful of states where the legislature builds its own budget proposal uh, independently of the executive, independently of the governor. And so the legislature does that. Uh, you know, we, the LSC director and the entirety of the LSC staff, these are full-time, very professional folks, you know, the quality and caliber uh, of the uh, employees is really outstanding. Many of whom grew up here, right here in New Mexico. And so they provide an integral role um, in the year round work that goes into building a budget to providing oversight, to doing program evaluations. And I think more and more working in partnership with state agencies, with communities. And this is something I'm particularly excited about. I think we in the house, especially are fundamentally committed to is engaging our communities, knowing that solutions coming from communities uh, made up of our diverse New Mexico uh, people, those are going to be the solutions that stand the test of time. And because we have such strong revenue right now, Again, the ability to invest for today, the ability to save for 10 years from now, as well as sort of keep short term savings uh, in this sort of unpredictable world. That's a unique opportunity. And the LSC director is a sort of uh, key cog. And I think Mr. Abbey really helped develop it. He grew the staff, grew sort of the uh, year round footprint. And I think the reputation that when you turn for information, when you look for answers, uh, and again, something that we're working on now, when you want a partner, that is what we want the, uh, the, and the legislature to be in communities all across New Mexico. And of course, I'm particularly proud that we're taking Southern New Mexico solutions, Southern New Mexico values, uh, and sort of putting them forward at this time. And of course, no legislator makes a decision on any specific bill, generally speaking, without looking at what the Legislative Finance Committee says it's going to cost. And so yeah. that's such an important role in the state. It is. It is. You know, the um, the FIR, the fiscal impact reports are incredibly important. And really the, you know, the, it's sort of the work that we all know needs to happen. What are the benefits of this policy? What are the potential downsides? Can we afford this far into the future? Those are key and core questions. And uh, the LFC, the director, all of the incredible staff and us as legislators are, um, you know, have to be accountable in that space. I think we're seeing now 
both, of course, the ability to invest. Uh, our incredibly strong state budgets built on, you know, careful budgeting on um, on a realistic approach. But that approach that has allowed us to become perhaps the best funded place for educators uh, and school and some of the best for school staff anywhere in the southwest you know, to be a destination for folks who want to go further their education, whether that's a two-year certificate at a community college, you know, for whether it's a trucking certificate, a welding certificate, or a four-year degree. New Mexico, this is really, um, in many ways, our moment. And using all wisely these resources, doing the really good and deep and hard work of budgeting uh, is central to, to our success right now. So how do we go about replacing David Abbey? Uh, he's been the director, as you mentioned, for 25 years. So we're not likely to get someone with that kind of experience. Right. I think, um, you know, this is really a dream job at the end of the day. I think that's one of the core things that that I and others are really focusing on in the sense that, um, not only does this uh, job offer sort of really unique ability and independence to engage in a state budgeting process and the accountability, the partnership, the oversight, the program evaluation. It also comes when New Mexico is forecast to be the number one state in the United States for revenue growth. So great place to be. Uh, I think second it's identifying and really celebrating some of the traits um, that are central to our future. And that, frankly, I think David did a really excellent job. In. Chief among those is really um, building, you know, recruiting, uh, retaining, building, continually challenging and keeping a very strong team. You know, as I've gotten to know and to work with the analysts and other program evaluators and others in the LFC who are the year round employees, again, a number of them from New Mexico, including from here in southern New Mexico, which I think is a point of pride for us as a state. Um, really professional folks, hardworking folks. We've got to be able to recruit and retain uh, and keep them motivated. That is super important. I think we're looking for innovation, for creativity, for an approach to big challenges, which, of course, any state has. And we have very much here in our state and an ability to think outside of the box, as the proverbial saying goes. Somebody also has to be, uh, I think, able to work with a diverse set of folks. Of course, that's, you know, any legislature and definitely the Mexico legislature. And as we increasingly engage communities that'll be a lot of other external community uh stakeholders also um i think you know kind of coming back to the simple things this is a dream job that comes at an incredibly important time the tools are there uh i think we are casting a wide net we want to really appreciate you covering this because we want to make sure the word gets out to folks who are in this space and maybe those who aren't, but maybe those who are incredibly talented uh, and able to, you know, have unique perspective, have the energy to tackle this head on. We want to make sure that it's out there in, in a variety of places. 
so that we are able to sort of get a, the widest set of, of applicants uh, possible. And really in keeping with the fact that this, again, it's a dream job. Who is going to be responsible for hiring Abby's replacement? So at the end of the day, that is the responsibility for uh, us as legislative, as the appointed legislative finance committee members. There are eight members from the House, eight from the Senate, bipartisan, bicameral, um, reflecting sort of the representation. Uh, and so it, I'm pre- this year I serve as the vice chair for that committee. It's a chair uh, position that alternates between the House and the Senate. So it's amongst those 16 members, a majority of each chamber uh, will support what is required to uh, sort of select the the LSC director. Can you speak a little more about the, the qualities that you'll be looking for? I know you touched on that uh, in the previous question. Yeah. You know, I think uh, team builder, a creative team recruiter and manager. We want somebody who um, knows and sees New Mexico's incredible cultural richness and cultural diversity as a key strength, as a sort of a core um, value of our state and sees that and is excited by that uh, approach. You, of course, you have to have somebody who is good uh, with numbers uh, and is able to work in some pretty complex realms. But if I'm to really sort of drill it down, I want an innovative and creative uh, person who relishes big challenges, who is able and excited to inspire and keep and build a great team and isn't sort of, you know, uh, isn't shy about tackling big challenges and is also very just in the same way that I and so many others are excited about this moment in New Mexico's story and in our history where we have the ability to be the best place in the Southwest to raise a family because there's going to be early childhood education. We're building a stronger healthcare system. We're investing in education we're creating new jobs. We're safeguarding our natural resources. Um, that that is that's who we're looking for. And you also you you and I have been at this long enough to know that you also have to be able to deal with the ups and downs. I suppose that's right. That's right. Um, I think the a very clear eyed and continually sort of curious approach to um, through the budget, you know, it goes without saying that there has to be a lot of caution in there too, which is why, like I mentioned at the beginning, we have saved more this year, uh, both short-term savings and in our severance tax permanent fund, we save more than we have at certainly any other time that I've been in the legislature. So there has to be a continual curiosity, a continual sort of um, double checking to see where we are. But that's alongside, I think, a continual curiosity about how to get the best return on our investments. You know, to that point, 
in ways, you know, New Mexicans at a 70% clip supported early childhood education expansion last year. Sure. New Mexicans fundamentally know that a dollar spent today uh, helping with early childhood education and investing in our uh, kiddos and families, that's going to be worth, you know, untold amounts, 10 plus dollars down the road. So that is a great investment to make. We have to ensure, I think, as we are doing, that we're able to continue to cover those costs, especially in a recurring way for, you know, our educators, our first responders, uh, so many other areas where uh, we have to be able to cover those costs and those salaries and those benefits far into the future, which is where a lot of you know, the, the uncertainty creeps in, especially when, you know, we're still in large ways, very much sort of a commodity based economy, but uh, that work, you know, there's, there is increasingly good analysis and frankly, an increasingly sort of national and international eye from an information perspective turned on New Mexico that is helping really demystify some of these things. I, you know, one of the Early before I was elected and then early on when I was elected, there used to be this incredible mystery that surrounded sort of the unveiling of the budget numbers. What was our revenue? Of course, then what what could we afford to both spend? What could we save? You know, in the worst cases, what cuts have to be made, et cetera. And the the truth is a lot that data more and more is available here. We have an incredible team of economists, but I, this is speaks to another part of where I think the director and certainly I'm interested in as our others, uh, I think demystifying to the extent possible, the numbers so that we can focus on the values, focus on the choices. Do we save or do we invest? Is it better to invest here or better to invest there? That's where a lot of, it's where our energy should be directed uh, as opposed to, you know, how much money is going to be there this year? Well, there are ways that is continually monitored, monitored on a day-to-day, week-to-week, and of course, month-to-month basis. I do think that there, I think we talked about it last time you were on this podcast, the, the, that there are some concerns about how the budget is crafted and how soon legislators get a chance to get a peek of uh, a peek at it. Do you want to speak to that? Yeah, I think, you know, demystifying, making sure that, that we are making offering and, in, and, and working to ensure a broad public conversation that's based upon uh, knowledge that is um, sort of founded on sharing knowledge, sharing numbers, sharing facts, as opposed to hiding that, you know, or, 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 or just not talking about it, so to speak. I think that's somewhere we, we want to go. We, we started that in a regular session, uh, you know, with our speaker, with Speaker Martinez, with the entire leadership team and with, the, frankly, the entirety of the House, I think, in many ways, where there is more, uh, more transparency, more ability for folks to sort of have their two cents to get their say in, to learn more, to ask questions. Uh, we, of course, had public comment during uh, our agency hearings, which, you know, agencies are our public education. You know, the, 
our the biggest chunk of our budget by itself, almost half of the yeah. New Mexico's nine point six billion dollar budget. In the past, whether it was uh, students, families, teachers, you name it, we're all invested in education. To not have those voices at least able to participate, just you know, leaves such an important component out. I think cuts off a route for good information and for problem solving that we, we want to open up. And so we're going to be looking for a number of ways during this very important summer process to, you know, to, to move that ball, uh, down, down the field. Uh, I think there, there is always going to be more to do, but, but we are absolutely committed to being, you know, just demystifying to engaging in communities, uh, to being out there working with and, and in conversation and in community with a wider set of stakeholders to go places all across the state. Yeah. You're also you kind of, <laughs> kind of at a, a disadvantage because you're either working in a 30 or 60 day session and it's not like you can crank out a budget on day one and give everyone a chance to look it over. So sometimes it doesn't come along until like the uh, 50th or 55th day, you know, in a, in a long session. Yeah. In, in some ways, I will say that, that building upon some of our strengths, you know, being one of a handful of states where we build our budget, as a legislature through the legislative finance committee, it provides the opportunity for, for more consistent engagement. Maybe we haven't done a great job historically of sort of maximizing that, but that's the, that's one of the challenges now. Uh, and I'm, you know, from the house side this year, we produced our budget um, several days ahead of the sort of the set of the rule, the deadline by rule, with more public engagement, we're going to continue that same sort of momentum and focus uh, as we go into into the interim. And I would just reiterate, you know, your coverage. I really want to thank you. I think it really depends upon, you know, demystifying this process to folks like you asking great questions and giving the opportunity to sort of engage with 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 the state. Talk a little more. Uh, Nathan, about why this role is so important for the state. Yeah, it, this is, it's a key role. You know, I think it's a dream job because the LFC director has the year round ability and responsibility to oversee, to recommend, to help explore the budget that funds, of course, our, our schools, so much of our health care, and of course, a lot of that is within Medicaid uh, is, is very connected to what we do in the state budget. There's so many components that can help improve the lives of New Mexicans that speak to the challenges that we have that will open up more opportunity, that will really leverage, I think, the freedom that we love as New Mexicans, the incredible uh, gifts of our state to open a little bit of that up with some smart budget decisions. And that runs the gamut. We talked a lot about education, 
this year we made record investments in water security uh, and and uh, water um, water availability, that kind of thing. It's also public sure. safety. Very proud that this and for the second year in a row, we set aside resources for local communities to recruit and retain law enforcement officers uh, and to support first responders. That's critical. And that the fact that the LSC director at a time where we have quite literally without sort of any question, the strongest state budgets and our strongest ability to invest and save in our state's history. That is really incredible opportunity. And, and it's really and among it's, the best in the nation, yeah. actually. Absolutely. I think we, we, we might be second. We're actually for what, what I've read, we're forecast to be number one in the nation for revenue growth. Of course, that doesn't mean we'll have the most revenue of any state. You know, we're very small relative to many other states population wise, but our revenue growth um, is is quite strong. And it, it has been for the last couple of years uh, and it is very likely to be for the next several years. This is a really critical role in the state when budgets are concerned and probably it's funny almost that nobody has ever heard his name until he announced his retirement a few months ago. Um, the LFC basically reviews every proposed bill to determine how much it'll cost, what the state will spend, if it, uh, if the bill should pass. Um, talk to us a little more about that. Yeah, so the the fiscal impact report, the FIR, is provided on every single piece of legislation by analysts with the Legislative Finance Committee. Including the state of Roma. (laughs) That's right, (laughs) including the state of Roma. Successfully uh, advanced, of course, by our own uh, senator, by Chairman Souls, and of course, inspired by kids right here in Doniana County, which is so cool. but there, there is a cost, of course, to everything. There are opportunities, there are benefits, there are challenges. That That is what the FIR process sets out to do. It is not just somebody sort of in a room cloistered away uh, writing their their analysis. What it, it, it is, and it needs to continue to be, and perhaps even become more of, is engaging with stakeholders uh, with the state agencies, with others, to sort of forecast what uh, what costs, what benefits, what consequences, as it were, especially fiscally, are connected to proposed policies. And you know, the there will always be um, you know during the session. Of course, that leads to many late nights, especially for analysts. But I think we have the chance to perhaps focus year round on as many of the big challenges as possible so that we're fine tuning policies going into the session. We're sort of setting budget, setting funding amounts uh, so that again, there's, there's less mystery. There's less up and down um, when it comes to uh, key and critical services again, public safety, healthcare, infrastructure, education, of course, at the top of that list. Uh, But the LFC director, there is a program evaluation is a key component. You know, 
are things working in the way that they're intended? Are we getting the best bang for our buck as it were? That's a huge role. And I think the taking that role and really focusing on it in a partnership space, which we're doing a little bit more of now, actually with a tool, it's called Legistat. That's meant to essentially, of you know, move away from sort of gotcha questions and trying to just grab headlines with, with sort of lobbying or yelling views and instead engage in questions that help really focus in on, on solutions. Arguably that's the way we should be serving and doing things all the time, especially at a time where we have revenues where we can say, if there is more investment that's needed, let's, let's make the best case. Let's get the best program possible. And then yes, we can invest more. You know, we can raise the teacher salary. We can provide grant funding for police officers for recruitment and retainer. We can build, uh, we can redo roads and bridges. We can help support uh, deployment of broadband infrastructure. And that's, that's um, something that everybody yeah. wants in their districts. That's you know, right. it doesn't it's matter what side, what side of the aisle they're on. And, and actually, I don't know. Uh, I know the last time we spoke, it was like the last week of the session. So some tensions were beginning to ramp up a little bit, but I still think that there was kind of a lot of bipartisan cooperation throughout the season. That's exactly right. What we saw this session uh, and, and so much of this credit is, I think, do Speaker Martinez uh, also, uh, you know, the uh, the leadership teams that the members uh, I, I want to frankly say that that leader Lane and many minority leader Lane, Ryan Lane from Farmington. Right. Did a really good job. Also and, a, um, a previous guest on this podcast. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, there there was a and I, you know, for the House Appropriations Committee, you know, we from day one are working. I was particularly proud that even as we went late through the session and Frank, I think it was, I think it was the night before the end of the, the, the last night, maybe the second to the last night of the session, we had to reconvene for some critical broadband bills. Uh, my, and the ranking member, ranking member, Gail Armstrong, vice chair, Meredith Dixon, the entire committee, you know, was just there to do the work, asking great questions, working late, I think that sort of ethos, the sort of awareness and understanding of the opportunity that we have as a state. And, you know, there are different there. We're all in many ways trying to get to the same place. There are there can be very understandably very big differences in how we think we should get there. Many of those perhaps based upon sort of our lives up until that point. But the common challenges that face New Mexicans in education and healthcare and infrastructure with natural resources like water. We found ways this session to bring really strong bipartisan support to those, I think overall time and again, budget was certainly part of that. And, but I, you know, it's, it starts with leadership. Uh, I think speaker Martinez uh, and his team, and I was so uh, grateful to be able to, 
to um, have this role on the House Appropriations Committee to see, frankly, more leadership from Doniana County, uh, both in the House and in the Senate, than I've ever seen uh, with a number of other chairs and vice chairs and members on key committees. I think there's something to that. You know, there's something to some of our southern New Mexico solutions, perhaps having a little bit greater role, having um, our style perhaps uh, be, you know, take on yeah. increased, uh, inc- have an increased role. That was a key component too. I think this session. You're also, you're also kind of eliminating that uh, Mason Dixon line that is somewhere around Socorro. Yeah. The, <laughs> so, you know, you've got, and I'm so, I want a special shout out to Representative Tara Jaramillo, whose district actually runs from Doniana County all the way up to Socorro. She did an incredible job and doing incredible work around healthcare, around water, especially when it comes to our, our most vulnerable, our, our, our kiddos and the families that are involved with the uh, Children, Youth, and Families Department. That that leadership and and who, you know, in a lot of ways too, elections matter. And I think that uh, what we saw, particularly with her and also so many others, was just a commitment to doing the work. Nathan, I know we're running short on time and I don't want to keep you past our appointed time, but what can New Mexicans expect as we move forward in the process and what does the timeline look like for uh, replacing the LFC director? Great question. So I would urge everybody to go onto the LFC Legislative Finance Committee website. You can find that by doing a a search, Google or otherwise, as well as, and then go into the Legislative Finance Committee, LFC. We want to get this director position uh, shared far and wide in our state, around our country. The The timeline right now, we're going to sort of have an initial uh, sense on May the 23rd. We'll sort of take a look. That'll be the first meeting for the the eight House members, the eight senators, to see what um, uh, applications, who's applied, We'll, of course, be looking closely at that. There will likely be an executive committee uh, that will be uh, part of uh, really looking and vetting and so, you know, looking at how to go forward. The, uh, on June the 5th, we've scheduled uh, interviews with a public-facing uh, component for folks uh, whom, whom we want to interview. Uh, one thing I want to really, and we've talked about it, is you know, when we find the right person, we are going to hire that person until we find the right person, you know, sort of, we, we will have an interim legislative uh, LFC director. I think it's so important that uh, we proceed with, with urgency, but that we also make sure that we sort of take the time that it needs. Get the right That's person. Right. That's exactly yeah. right. And so, you know, that'll be a balance. Um, again, what I very much appreciate about this opportunity is, to be able to share, uh, share sort of some of the approaches, the values, uh, some of the big questions that, that we're and that I'm thinking about and, and invite folks to, to sort of weigh in. The first step, of course, is just getting this application out uh, and, and having the news that there is a dream job right here in New Mexico at an incredible Yeah, I was going to say it feels... It feels like to me, you really want 
them to feel the excitement, whoever should step into this role, you want them to feel the excitement about what is possible. 100%. 100%. Because it is a, that's exactly right. It is our time in New Mexico. And this is something that New Mexicans across the state, especially here in Doniana County in Southern New Mexico, you know, folks have worked very hard. Uh, we face uh, our share, perhaps more than our share of challenges uh, in some cases. And so we want to make very sure and be very clear that this opportunity, it's all about opening up more opportunity for New Mexicans now and into the future. And to the extent that this is a key role, which it really is. And it's, you know, of course, accountable to the legislature. You know, it's our job as legislators, as LSD members, as, as folks in these positions, um, having a good LSD director, having a good LSD team, frankly, it means more work because it's for everybody, because it's going to go a little bit deeper, uncover a little bit closer to the source of what challenges are and dive into what solutions might be. So, um, I think, yeah, you know, and again, it also goes back to dealing with those ups and downs because, uh, our, our revenue, uh, we've seen it happen time and time again, you know, there are boom years and bust years. So that's something that an LFC director would certainly have to deal with. That's right. That's right. And I, you know, the, the, the sort of the rules of the road in some ways, I think have sort of changed in ways good and, and challenging for right now, while there continues to be sort of extreme price volatility, specifically when it comes to, to oil the production is on a fundamentally different plane, but sort of what we're looking at now, and maybe, and I know we discussed this back during the session and I'm excited to keep yeah. looking at it into the future. I think in some ways we're less of a roller coaster and we've done things in the budget insulated, have more safe. Do you think we've done a good job? How would you rate the job that we've done at diversifying our uh, revenue sources? Great question. And that job far from done. We are, we are still, uh, we have not diversified our revenue sources. I think we have stabilized in many ways and, and will um, with legislation that we passed this session, we have stabilized our budget you know, based upon our revenue sources, we have yet to diversify our revenue sources in the ways that yeah, we need we still to. See, yeah. We still see big spikes when uh, oil and gas is doing really well. And we still see budget deficits when it's not doing so great. I, that's right. Although we're... We, we, we st- I should say we, we still see haircuts when oil and gas is not performing very well that right most recently sort of 2020 2020 really 2020 when the price of oil fell um, to zero and even negative in some cases i think the moment we're in we have so to be very clear we have not diversified our revenue sources and in the ways that we will have had to as we sort of go through this decade and into the next we have stabilized our budget 
in ways that will allow us to continue funding key services from education to public safety to healthcare in in ways that certainly pre-2019 and frankly pre-2020-2021 did not exist. There is still a great deal of work that has that is to come in diversifying our revenue, growing and diversifying our economy in ways that will support us as uh, the energy evolution continues. Is there anything you'd like to add that uh, I haven't asked you about? Damien, I Representative feel Small. like we covered, I think we covered this uh, very well. I just so appreciate your time, the ability to go dive deep into subjects. I will also say that there's a chance the LLC committee will be coming down to Las Cruces this year. And um, so that could be a really exciting time to sort of continue the conversation that we've had uh, and, and take that into sort of a, a new place and next level. So excited for that. And that would be that would be a public meeting Absolutely. like we've seen in the past. Exactly. Yep. Well, thank you, Representative Small, for your time today. Uh, I can't stress enough how much I appreciate uh, it. Damien, it's a treat. Thank you. Uh, look forward to the next time. And uh, until then, we'll just all enjoy the sun and uh, be thankful for all the snow that we got this year. I'm I'm staying inside. Ah, there we go. I don't know about you. There we go. Got to cover up. <laughs> Got to cover up. Get that big hat out. <laughs> Thank Thanks you, Nathan. So much, I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Reporter's Notebook. We also have a newsletter sharing reporter stories about, well, about how we report stories. You can find all of our reporting in the Las Cruces Sun News. A special thanks goes out to Representative Nathan Small for joining us this week. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and many of the places you find your favorite podcasts. This has been the Reporter's Notebook from the Las Cruces Sun News. I'm your host, Damian Willis. This week's podcast was written and produced by me. You can also find all our local reporting brought to you daily by reporters who live and work in Las Cruces at www.lcsun-news.com for all of us at The Sun News. Thank you for the privilege of your time.